Welcome back to the 128KB podcast. We're back once again due to lack of popular (laughs) demand. That's right. We broke a big landmark this week, actually, before we get into it. Oh. Yeah. The subscriber landmark. Oh, yes. The number of the beast. Uh, It's good because I've been playing Diablo. Um, Maybe that's why. Well, I've been wanting to play Diablo. (laughs) (laughs) You've been hoping to play Diablo. And what's going to happen, as we've discussed before, is you'll play Diablo maybe 10 hours... We'll yeah. go back on the shelf. Yeah. Never to be finished. No, 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 no it's not no, that. No, 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 no. Sure? Yeah. We played it the other night, but only for about half an hour. <laughs> Which is definitely enough time. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. But today, we're not here to talk about Diablo or Andy's inability to finish any computer game. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about video game history. Mm. It's a bit of a serious one. Serious face. It's very serious. And how... Video games are being lost to time. They are. Never to be played again. They always have been. But yes. now the problem is real. Problem is we've real. got a number. Yeah, a number and a, a study. Num- a number means... Um, yeah, and a study. What uh, were they called? Let me... I've got the notes here. Ah, the Video Game History Foundation have done a study of games released in the United States of America uh, through all of video game history and have found that only... 13% yep. of games released before 2010 are available to play. So 87% of games, almost 9 out of 10 yeah. games are, are, are unavailable. Yeah, not available to like officially play. Yes, yes. So, and, and that is just in America. So if you think worldwide, yeah, it would be greater than that, surely. I saw the headline and obviously seeing 87% of games are unavailable that were released before 2010 and was like really kind of shocked by it. And then I was kind of warmed at the fact that I've collected so many games. <laughs> it's because you own them all. That's why they're unavailable. That's why they're unavailable. Some unknown collector has all the games. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, sus- I'm going to email them. Uh, it was, there were part of the study. It said, I guess right. 90% of PlayStation 2 games are unavailable to play. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? And I remember the PlayStation 2 having an insane library. Oh, it was huge. I, uh, I'll get it wrong, but it was around 1,500 games were released on the PlayStation Just 2. go in the other room and count. <laughs> <laughs> AJ has the biggest PlayStation 2 collection I've ever seen in it's, person. It's only about 500 games. <laughs> <laughs> Takes up about half the room. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really interesting, really interesting thing to talk about. The fact that... If you want to play any historic game, and to call something that was released in 2009 historic is upsetting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like last week for us. Yeah. <laughs> but to access any historic games, their point was you either need to own and maintain aging hardware, yep. or you need to access it through the gatekeepers of high-tech nerdery, the yes. ROMs. Yeah, piracy. Basically, yeah, mm. piracy, yeah. Mm. So you're either fighting collectors... Yeah, for working order consoles, and then the games, which, as we know, collecting old games can get very, very expensive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side, like you've just said, we've got piracy, which obviously doesn't sit right for some people. Mm-hmm. The other side is, well, there's no other way of doing it, yeah. especially if you can't afford to spend a lot of money on old hardware. Yeah. And then the other side with piracy is it ain't easy. Like, you know, you've you've got to have a level of competence with mm. software and... Oh, not just a level of competence. You, you've got to be really nerdy to do it. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to have a lot of time. Yes. 
especially when you're starting out, you've got yep. to learn a lot. It's not as easy as going download game, oh, play. It's you recently like had that. a handheld emulator. The, the Ambernick. That's it, the Ambernick. Really great little bit of hardware. Amazing. Um, and you can install ROMs on there. Yep. Um, I okayed it coming for mm. a video of some mm. kind. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Thinking it'd be really easy. <laughs> <laughs> And then I handed it to Andy. I was like, I've got no idea what to do with I this. AJ was like, I've got this. And I was like, oh, sick. He was like, yeah, you can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then I realized that um, I had to reformat. It yeah. Because, you know. How long did it take you to get any ROMs oh, working? Hours. Hours and hours and hours. It took me days of tinkering. Mm. I over, believe at the time you set up for about 40 hours. Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, over the Christmas and New, <laughs> New Year period, I spent collectively, I'd say, about 40 hours. Mainly because I think there was a software issue on the device. Potentially. But, but that, that, there was a lot of time. That goes into this discussion that in order just to access some of these classic games that you want to play or preserve, you mm. had to go through a huge amount of um a huge amount of work. And that was to do it illegally. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. to pirate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not that I pirated any games because, you know, I've got a huge collection of If you were games, to do it. So, you know, yes. I, I clearly ripped all the ROMs off the cartridges and discs myself. Yes. Because course. they're in my own collection. Yes. Yes. 100% didn't do that. <laughs> and whilst we're on this topic, if you're wondering what's on my t shirt, yes, it is a Metroid wearing a top hat. <laughs> and you've got a problem with that <laughs> so if you've been wondering and yeah. those listening that are imagining what i'm wearing right wonder now, what andy's wearing yeah yeah then uh now you know yes i'm wearing a purple t-shirt with a metroid that has a top hat the um <laughs> uh, metroid's actually a really good example of it yeah um the video game history foundation who did this study made some really interesting points with it firstly they were comparing uh historic video games to silent movies Yes. And how so few of them are available. Yeah. But even with silent movies, the ones that have been digitized and preserved, you can go to any library mm. or archive center and take them away and watch mm. them, or even online you can. Yeah. But because of the copyright laws as they stand, you can't do that with video games. No. Even some old thing that was on your Atari, yep. you can't go to a website and legally, no. let's, let's play this or let's download this ROM. And nope. You'd have to physically go to said library or archive and, and play it behind closed play doors it in the facility, and they'd have to do it on their hardware. Yes, it's yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. redigitized. No, 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 version. no. Yeah, you'd have to plug in the old console. Now, I guess the the point is, is it doesn't happen for obvious reasons. There's mm. no real money in it, mm. and even when modern developers have brought emulations out i'm thinking of nintendo switch online yeah with their nes snes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. n64 uh mega drive as well uh playstation have done it with certain number of games on the playstation yep. or whatever it's called now playstation network now thing. plus thing they keep changing the name it's really annoying um and so they've they've released limited number of titles that they could easily relicense yep. to do because financially it's not really there's not really the appetite to buy or play these yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. And and I still stand by, I think Xbox have done the best thing, oh, yeah, where yeah, you definitely. can just literally physically get your old disc, put it in your new Xbox, and then you can download like a HD version of it. Yeah, it's a fantastic and, model. That's so good. But uh, even that, though, is such a slap in the face. Like All of these, 
like the Nintendo Online, the, the PlayStation, even the Xbox, because it won't be for everything. It's such like a skim the surface. Yes. It's like, oh, you really want all these old games? Oh, great. Look, we've just done this new thing. Here's like 0.5% of games. Well, as the study would say, nine out of 10 games aren't available. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. But when I saw the PlayStation thing, I remember going, oh, yes, PlayStation 1 games, PlayStation 2, whatever. I was like, yeah, there's like five games. Yeah. I was like, right. <laughs> it, it's it's really upsetting. It's up. Firstly, it's upsetting that the those publishers that still exist aren't willing to do it. So you think about PlayStation. Mm. They're not willing to do it with their entire library of games yet. Yes. And they still exist and are still making money out of gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand it when we're looking back at hardware of the past. It gets hard. It's like the, I don't know, the Atari consoles. Mm, or mm. Um, I'm trying to think of that weird handheld. Was it the Lynx? Yeah, the Atari Lynx. I've got one at home. <laughs> You've got one? I do, actually. I've got, I've got it on the shelf. <laughs> or uh, um, more obscure consoles, the Neo Geo. Or... Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be a lot harder because those entities don't exist in the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. So it, I can kind of understand that that's going to take a third party to archive and republish yes. these games. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's not very much commercial appetite for it. Mm. But culturally, we're missing out huge on um, remembering the past, getting to relive it slightly, but also inspiring the future. Absolutely. And it is still, they're still killing, like, even though they've now got so many online games, and this is why that study they stopped it at 2010 was because from 2010 onwards was when they started digitalizing games. Yeah. But even on that front, you've got Nintendo, like very recently, this year, I believe it was, in March, uh, ending the 3DS and Wii U stores. When, when, they, when they did that, they killed, effectively killed a thousand games that are now no longer available yes exactly yeah. a thousand games and I'm switching that off and that's this year this isn't yeah. like we're not talking about games 30 years ago like oh it could have been really difficult or whatever they had them up until a few months ago yeah. and now they've just pulled the plug actively on a server somewhere you could buy them still yeah. um yes it's, it's ex- expensive to do this but do they have a kind of almost an imperative should they be made responsible for this part of yeah. cultural history. Yeah, yeah, because they are physically pulling the plug. Yes, on these games. And when Nintendo were doing that in the build-up, I assumed, probably stupidly, because it's Nintendo and they always do things you don't expect. <laughs> but I assumed it was because they were going to replace it with, and an, a like-for-like replacement on the Switch. No, the Nintendo Switch Online was going to have these things that are part of your subscription, but also these this area, this e-shop that you can mm. buy. Mm. That would be amazing. 3DS, Wii U games. That's what they need to do, and that's what everyone has a problem with these subscription plans. Yeah. Because you're, like, at mercy to what they want to give you, whereas if you've got, like, a storefront where they're just all there, you can just pick and choose what you want. And that's what really upsets me about Nintendo Switch Online. I love it. I love the fact I've got Game Boy games on there, NES games, SNES games, you know, mm-hmm. even the Sega Mega Drive games, the N64 games. I'd love to see GameCube games on there, Wii games, and I'd love to see it continue on. So yeah. like I've said before, it becomes this one big home of Nintendo stuff. But even if they do that, what really upsets me, they've got all these great consoles on there that they've bothered emulating. Yes. And then they release like one game every two months. And it's like, right. <laughs> like, you know, you could probably count under 
there's I can't think of how many, but there's very little amount of games on each of these platforms. Like the N64, oh, there's yeah. probably what, like 15, 20 games on there? Yeah. Like Game if Boy that, yeah. and all that. Like, yeah, it's there, but you're still not really giving us much. No. I thought there would be like his five games every month and really rack up their library. No. No, they'll release like three games every what, three months or something. My argument is it's ridiculous. That if they're if they're unwilling to do it themselves because it's not commercially in their interests, and that's totally understandable. They're companies, they're designed to make profit. Mm. If they just say, well, it's just a loss, there's no point in us main- doing and maintaining this, then almost they should be willing to relinquish part of the copyright that they have in order to let a third party or some kind of archival library do it f- on their behalf. Yes, absolutely. And maybe the, the library or archive can monetize it and mm. share that revenue mm. accordingly. Yes, I'm sure everyone would be all right with that. Mm. Like if I go to my local library now and I want to rent a, a historic film, yes, I'll have to pay something. Yes, and a yeah, portion of that goes to the original copyright. Owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, how yeah. it is. Yes, absolutely. Why couldn't we have that with an online video game library? Exactly. That's fully licensed by all the mm. companies mm. and the money goes to the appropriate people. Yep. I would have no problem in paying. Absolutely, yeah. Like I like I had no problem with the e-shops. Yes. And I I don't see why that can't happen or and at the same time, you know, have them directly releasing these mm. available online oh, you know like yeah, there's no reason why not i just mean if they're not willing to oh yeah, should, yeah yeah absolutely yeah i, I agree with they you they should make it available yeah yes because as the whole discussion point is really is you're denying people mm. the history that's like people being denied real life history events do you know what i mean yes which has been seen in the past i'm yeah, not going to yeah, go yeah, into yeah. it yeah but, you know, like that's big doo-doos, you know, yeah. and we all learn from the past. I really loved the analogy that you said when we were uh, just talking about this before we started recording. It's it's like wanting to go and see Titanic on VHS. Oh, yes. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The Titanic film when it was released was only yeah. available on VHS and you yeah. want to watch it, but it's only still available on VHS. Yes. And the only way to get that is to go to my local library, rent it, take it home and have an old maintained yeah. VHS player Yep. and play it through my CRT yes. TV. Yes, that's what it said on the the, the people that great, made the study. A great uh, analogy yeah. for it. Yes, yeah, 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 it was great, yeah. That's not my words, by the way, that was theirs. It's way but, too eloquent for you. <laughs> I just read it out nicely to you. You did read yeah. it nicely. There you go. <laughs> that's but, what no, you but, do well. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? Imagine having to do that. Imagine like seeing the latest movie and no, no, you can't buy that. No. No, you can't do that. No. You've got to go... To the library. A movie that was released before 2010. Yeah, let's talk exactly. about. Uh, I it's mean, ridiculous. It's insane. Batman Begins. That. Yeah, no. the only way to get that's on VHS. <laughs> what? No, because I, I want to watch DVD. it. DVD. Yeah, but you no, can't. No. no, it's only available on VHS, and yeah, uh, yeah. you can only play it on your VHS. But you yeah, still got a VHS player. If you yeah, yeah. maintained it, well done. Yeah. 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 Have you got the cine camera? You know, cine <laughs> film. <laughs> this is only available on Super Eight. <laughs> it's insane, um, but we've seen it as the. Video Game History Foundation pointed out. We've seen it with silent movies. Mm. Um, the, the, most of them are lost to history now. Absolutely. Uh, I went through their uh, Twitter page, and it's really interesting. They share whenever they found something to preserve. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they're talking. There's instances where um, someone in their community has pulled a hundred um, tapes out of the 
out of a dump that have got like behind the scenes footage from video game development mm. or or the cutscenes that were recorded and mm. stuff mm. and they're redigitizing them so the longer it takes for us to act on this the harder it's going to be to preserve these things so now yeah, yeah. if that's happening with games that released before 2010 let's think about some of the games that were released in the 1970s yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How are we going to find those? You just don't, do you? You just don't. Because yeah, it's very likely that they're lost in time. They're either in a dump somewhere already corroded to beyond repair. Yeah. Or they're sat in someone's loft or sat in someone's, sat in someone's storage so now, locker. Now that preservation part of our culture is dependent on individual collectors preserving it okay. Yeah, and actually finding it in the first place, which is like a needle in the haystack. Yeah. Because you might not ever know who has it or now, where it's at. The counter to this is always, don't moan about it, just get the ROM. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, as we've said before, it's not just a massive technical hurdle to play a ROM or to experience it. It's also just plain illegal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They make no bones about it. No. It's a grey area in some respects, but yeah. 99% of the time it's illegal. Yeah, I mean, it is actually illegal unless you already own the copy of the game yourself. In yeah. which case you have the license to then pull the ROM. Yeah, but but not download it. No. So you can't download someone else's ripped ROM. You'd have to have the game yourself already mm. to then extract the ROM and then you have that license. It's like having a CD yes. and then burning a copy of it for yourself for yeah. your car. Yeah. You have that license, but you can't. I couldn't give you it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sell it. Couldn't lend it because you haven't bought the CD originally. Yeah. So technically preserving games via roms is illegal it's the same when we talked about films imagine if it was music exactly if uh your favorite bands from let's say the early 90s and the music mm. was only available on cassette mm. or mm. the 80s and the only way to still play it was on a tape cassette yeah well that would be just plain insane mm. Mm. only vinyl imagine, only vinyl imagine that but I mean, of course spotify exists exactly yeah uh and even if only a thousand people a month play this song mm. it's available yes freely yes uh the, i i feel quite strongly about it i know i'm a collector of old games anyway so i will feel quite strongly about it but i've always had a bee in my bonnet that playstation don't just release all of the playstation archived history absolutely on their subscription service absolutely some of it just feels it's almost more insulting that it's only some of it and not all of it yeah and and that's why the same thing for me like leading up you probably remember like a couple of years ago um when we kind of i knew somehow that the 3ds and stuff would be getting cut off soon Mm. so i started buying up because i like you prefer buying physically yeah and every physical game i could i was buying up at very cheap prices yeah here in the uk i was picking up games between two pound and ten pound you know and then all of a sudden as i was on my scramble to buy these games then they announced Oh, we're going to end it in 2023 or whenever it was. Um, and I was like, well, I got in at the right time. And those yeah. games that I was buying for like pittance suddenly started shooting up to 10 times their price, you know? And I was like, well, there you go. It's already being gatekept yeah. essentially yeah. by people that are trying to profiteer off of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you, you see it with already, you see it with the cost of old games. There's like a, a period of time where they hit rock bottom. And I probably say, up to about three years ago, PlayStation 2 was rock bottom. Mm. But if you looked at PlayStation 1, the games were, let's say an average PlayStation 2 game back then was, say, one to two pounds. You just pick them up for nothing. Mm. Mm. But a 
PlayStation 1 game was like 10 to 20 pounds. It's, yeah, it's yeah, creeping yeah, yeah, back yeah. up to its original yes. retail price. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So now we go, if we went five years further forward, PlayStation 2 will enter that same period of time. Yep. So not only is it harder to find these rare copies of games now, they'll get more and more expensive in order to buy them. So yes, yeah. the hurdle to relive this part of video game history but becomes But it huge. also, it's, I think it goes beyond like the consumer like us, like... I think it's now then going to affect the future developers. Yeah. You know, everyone that will be creating the games that we're going to know and love in the future will be deprived of ever even experiencing what could be a catalyst for their Massive. enthusiasm, yeah. their muse, you know, yeah. like they, they might find something that could have really shaken yeah. them to then create the next masterpiece that they might never make now yeah. because they don't have access to that. And yeah. there's so many games out there that will be like oddball games that are probably incredible. Like we were talking before the podcast about music and how certain bands and stuff never became even big, but mm. they were making incredible music. And that's the same with these games. There's going to be loads of games that maybe aren't very well known, but that are absolute masterpiece that people probably should know. Yeah. But now no one will ever experience them because they're not there. Yeah. Which to me is that whole like rewriting history thing I was going at. Yeah. Is now the new people won't be able to take those ideas and learn and whatever and then develop something that could be truly unique. If if all the I use PlayStation because it's the kind of example I know best. But if all the discs, PlayStation 1 discs, failed, like there was like a, an inherent failure in which they all just eroded, which they do have mm. eventually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If that happened tomorrow, then the only history of PlayStation games that the next generation would be able to understand is what Sony put on. To the head. So it'd be like 20 games. So you go PlayStation 1, it, oh, it was only 20 games. Yeah, they only That's released five games. games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so those weird, quirky games that you picked up, like you say, would never exist. And then they're not available to inspire new, weird, quirky games in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And some of those weird, quirky games become cult classics, and then yeah. they become bestsellers as well. And just like, I know we keep saying music, but it's, you know... It's, yeah, it's a great it's, example. It's a good example, is you in music you can hear other influences can't you and it's almost like an in, uh, like an easter egg when yeah. you go oh I, I can hear what they're referencing there yeah and that's the same with video games yes. like that's why there's video game references within other video games and you go oh they've played this game or they're yeah. referencing this game and it might not even be anything to do with the same publisher but they've sneakily put it in as like a if you know you know mm -hmm. kind of thing and that will just disappear yeah it's really sad it's really shocking um I'm glad, though, that there's someone out there doing this kind of work and kind of shining a light on it. And I hope that maybe by helping kind of elevate it slightly, keeping this message going, that it will change. But I'm not actually holding my breath on it. I reckon Nintendo will change it from three a month or whatever yeah. it is to four. Wow. That would be their efforts. And that would only take them like, like a hundred or so years to, exactly, get, to get back up. Get all the games out. Good job. <laughs> Sony uh, will go from the 20 or so games available to 10. <laughs> they'll, they'll reduce it even more. <laughs> they'll reduce it. But they will release some new headphones. Yes. Lossless wireless. Um, <laughs> well, great. A PS5 Slim's coming out. Yeah, that'll be it. But no, it is sad. And I hope, like you've said, um, that bringing this to light mm. causes some sort of action to be made. I did read on, I think it was on their website, that some new bill of action in America was set to be talked about they, next year. Yeah, they are lobbying to change the copyright laws, which in are due to be reviewed in 2024. So if that happens... 
But then, interestingly, the uh, I can't remember the acronym, but the Video Game Association of America, which is like the the political group that all right. the developers and publishers join, have uh, fought against it up to this point. Yes. They don't want it changed. Yes, yeah, I remember say, seeing that. Yeah. So the reason... And that's the, out of greed, I think. It's out of greed, yeah, yeah it yeah, totally yeah. is. The reason that this isn't happening is because of the video game industry itself. Yes, yeah, because they want the right mm-hmm. to gatekeep that game yeah. and then re-release it. Yeah. And just like, who remembers uh, Mario All-Stars on the, on the Switch? When Nintendo went, oh yeah, you can get Super Mario Sunshine, mm. Mario Galaxy, and Mario 64 in one cartridge on the switch but it'll only be available for six months mental what yeah mental like what what i understand the business plan because everyone's going to scramble and buy it because they won't be able to buy it again like but seriously and that's going to be the same thing they don't want to release the copyright because they want to be able to go i'm going to remake it and charge full price yeah my my argument is don't release the copyright that's fine just license it to an archive society yeah and you can monetize it then. Mm. It may be it may be next to nothing in the grand mm. scheme of things, but it'll be more than you're getting now by not doing it. Yeah, because people are just ripping them illegally. Yeah. And as much as everyone's, like we've said, just going to say, well, just play them illegally. It's like, yes, but again, that is such a, a niche, like small percentage of people that are doing that. Only like it's being gatekept, mm. you know, whether it's by the people that have the knowledge to do that or by the retro collection committee <laughs> there is a couple of pieces of hardware that are pushing against it isn't it you see some retro hardware that's that's actually licensed i'm thinking about the evercade that's a good one i was thinking of that other amazing one that um oh do you remember what, what's it called you're testing me now because i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> the, was it the amico Oh my god! You remember the yes. um, where the uh, that guy I can't remember what he's called or what he made. Oh, was making that amazing new console that was going to be that was re-releasing the games from the seventies. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's just no. Everyone hated it for some reason. Everyone hated him for some reason. I can't remember. I think it was it felt, the Amico. I'm pretty sure it was called the Amico, and then it just nothing happened. <laughs> we slammed it. We in, did in a really early podcast in a podcast a long time ago that will be hit on this channel somewhere probably yeah, yeah on the old form, uh, format and um there was loads of people like congratulating us for slamming it and then there was this weird and i'm sure it was like him and his team <laughs> it was him like like how have you even found this it's like a brand new channel <laughs> like you're just google searching you've yeah. just got like google alerts every time yes. the words mentioned yeah it was the amico i remember amico. That. yeah do you remember what the company was called? It was like a quite a famous name. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it went, um, it disappeared into thin air. Keep like, talking. It was meant to be released, I think, either last year or the beginning of this year. And then they ended up, I think, pulling out of it because I think all the developers pulled out or something. I've got it. Yeah? The Intellivision Amico. The Intellivision Amico. That's it. That's Slated to be released in October 2020, but repeated delays followed, leaving the console out a release That's date. That's it. That's it. Because I think we started talking about oh, it. They had that weird back. ass like handheld controller <laughs> thing <laughs> that looked like an iPod. Yes, it looked like an iPod slash baby monitor. <laughs> and, and the game console looked like a foot spa. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so you can monitor your babies whilst having your foot massaged. The whole idea was. Sounds good. If you didn't know, it, it took. 
the Intellivision games from like the early eighties, like old games, which looked like Missile Command or th- those kind of Very weird basic. basic sprite games, and kind of jazzed them up a little bit, yeah, but made they, them four they, player. They were meant to be all completely ground up remade. <laughs> <laughs> they just redid the graphics, yeah, but with like four player, and you had to buy these weird baby yeah, monitor things. Yeah. yeah, it was just odd, and I think it's been canned. Now. Oh, it ha- yeah, it's never been released. Yeah, I think it's got canned. <laughs> yeah, so there are some flopped attempts as well. But remaking, it's pointless. Just release the old stuff. Just release the old stuff. Just rip the ROM off of it. Make it accessible. Make it accessible. We've proven that emulators are pretty stable by now. They are complicated. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But make, them, can make them user-friendly. Yep. Make them licensable, yep. charge a small fee, yep. and it's, everything's there to play. I can think of a few really classic Atari games that I would love to play from my like really early childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now I'm showing my age. <laughs> I mean, most of the old stuff, like really old stuff, I am pretty cool with because I've got stuff I can play on it, like mm-hmm. mainly the Evergate. Yeah. Like, I love that thing. That yeah. is amazing. So, uh, you know, thank you. <laughs> I've got the console version. Yes. I've never. I was just about to, I was going to get to that. I was going to be like, well, you've got the console version. I do. Yeah, it's still wrapped up. But that thing is incredible. And yeah. I've got like whole collections of games on that. Yeah. Not everything, obviously, but that is brilliant. I can play it on the go, plug it into the TV. But other stuff, again, like GameCube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've got these really expensive consoles there, which, you know, I could potentially not have mm-hmm. if I had better means to play them. And to be honest, it's difficult to play even original hardware now. Really hard. Yeah. Again, really hard. even like the GameCube, I had to buy a Carby adapter to change it to an HDMI out. Yeah. And even then you needed a specific model of GameCube to yep. have the digital output. Otherwise you couldn't even use it. And then you're using cables, you know, and it's like, Oh, it's such a faff. And then even with that, being in Europe, well, being in the UK, um, the the Carby adapter messes up with the frequency of the cutscenes because they're not at the right refresh yeah. rate, essentially. So none of the cutscenes will play. It so you can play black. the game. Yeah, it just goes Donk. black. And you can't hear anything. You just got to wait for the cutscene to end. It's mental. It's frustrating. But anyway, there we go. Yeah, I was just going to say... <sighs> What do you guys think about this? It's, it's a really interesting news piece. Um, if Have a look for it. Read what they've said. Yeah. But um, are we barking up the wrong tree here? Or do, are you with us that video game history should be preserved and available to everyone officially? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I think everyone would agree. I was that. just about to say, I don't see what the benefit would be not to agree with that. What standpoint, unless you're like the head investor of Nintendo or someone like that, then fair enough because you want to make more money but yeah but just average person like yeah there's like, no benefit for it not to be made available no, no. there's and there's a lot of fun to be had there still on exactly games, yeah, yeah if you're willing to uh, forego. Even, even if you just play them for five minutes yes and appreciate yeah. someone's work that they did and experience some history you know yeah and there's obviously there obviously is some appetite because nintendo switch online wouldn't have done it otherwise <laughs> yeah and the same with PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, there obviously is some appetite. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, they just wouldn't bother at all. Yeah. They would just say, no, nah, that's been and gone by. Yeah. Anyway, if you've got to the deep end with us, uh, it would mean a lot to us. In fact, it would mean the world to us if you could rate this podcast wherever it is you take it. it. We are once again charting in Kazakhstan. So oh, to all our Kazakh brothers and sisters, 
Yeah. I don't know any Kazakh. No, but I like the wave that you were giving in case people were listening. Oh, so yeah. So you said, for yeah. anyone listening... Wave. Silence. <laughs> I'll put some auto-captions in. AJ Waves. <laughs> but no, thank you to everyone that makes that happen. Yes. Uh, it's great news. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. The buttons are below. And that really does massively help us out. And drop us a little comment. Say hi. I'm sure I'll ignore you in good times. <laughs> <laughs> so until the next time, we'll see you next time. Bye.